If you are going to file for custody, you can't just wait for your court date and just show up and swing for the fences. This is especially true if you don't have an attorney. I can't stress this enough, and I will say it again. Have a plan. This is war. I was literally fighting for my daughter and couldn't leave anything to chance. Besides, you know what they say about he who hesitates in war. They say he who hesitates is lost, and I was far from lost. I was locked in and laser focused. I had so much evidence for this trial. Everything from text messages, social media photos, and even the FaceTime videos. There is nothing better than rattling the person that puts you through so much grief for years for no reason at all. But that's exactly what happened when we sent the mother a request for production of documents on November 22nd, 2019. The following is our request and the mother's subsequent responses that we didn't receive until December 30th, 2019. The document is as follows. Comes now, the father, by and through counsel and pursuant to Family Court Civil Rules 26 and 34 and directs the mother to produce for examination and copying at the Office of the Underside Council on or before 30 days from the date of receipt of this request, the following items. Instructions. Number one, this request applies to all documents in your possession or subject to your custody or control or which you have access wherever located. Number two, with respect to any document called for in this request, which is not in your possession, subject to your custody or control, or to which you do not have access, but which you know or believe to exist, identify the document, its date, subject matter, and present or last known location or custodian. Number three, if any document called for in this request is the subject of a claim of privilege or work product protection, identify the document by stating A, its date, and if different, the date of its preparation. B, as of the time of this preparation, the names, occupations, and residential and employment addresses of the persons who prepared it. C, the addresses and occupations of the persons to whom it was directed or circulated or had access to it. D, the nature of the document, i.e. letter, note, memorandum, summary, recording, etc. E, the subject matter of the document, and F, the ground upon which the claim of privilege or work product protection is made. Number four, this request is continuing and requires that you produce any documents requested which you receive become subject to your custody or control or to which you obtain access between the date of your initial production and trial. She had 30 days to produce the following. 30 days. Not to mention, she had a newborn attend to during all of this. I didn't care though. I was going to put her through the ringer, just like she did me. These are the documents we requested. Keep in mind, it's an extensive list. What I'm going to do is read the documents requested and then give you her subsequent response. Documents requested. Number one, documentation of your employment and or termination therefrom for the last two years. She sent an exhibit for this. Number two, document of your residence by way of copy of your lease or deed for the last two years. She also sent an exhibit for this. Number three, pictures of your residence. For example, the outside, the living room, the dining room, the child's room, the bathroom, and the kitchen. This was also sent as an exhibit. Number four, 
copies of all written communication from you to the father in the last 12 months. Her response, objection to the extent that it is an undue cost of burden and is easily obtainable from the petitioner as he should have the communication. And we're off. Number five, a certified copy of your criminal history from the state. Her answer, objection to the extent that it is an undue cost of burden and easily obtainable by the petitioner from the state. Number six, a certified copy of your paramour, father number three's criminal history for the state. Objection again, to the extent that it is an undue cost of burden and easily obtainable by the petitioner from the state. Number seven, true and correct copies of any and all documents related to any mental health treatment or substance abuse treatment you have received in the last two years, including the completion of the program you were required to attend for your DUI. She sent an exhibit for that. Number eight, true and correct copies of any and all documents related to any mental health treatment or substance abuse treatment father number three has received in the last two years. She wrote, not applicable. Number nine, true and correct copies of any and all documents related to any medical treatment you have received in the last two years. Her response, respondent will provide petitioner a list of medical providers and assign authorization upon receipt from petitioner. Number 10, all documentation verifying any medications prescribed to you by any healthcare provider of any kind regarding your physical, mental, emotional, or psychological health for the last two years, including but not limited to receipts, explanation of benefit statements, statements or documents of any kind, and or medication containers themselves. Her response, respondent will provide petitioner a list of medical providers and assign authorization upon receipt from petitioner. Again, she's making no sense. Number 11, all documentation verifying any medications prescribed to father number three by any healthcare provider of any kind regarding his physical, mental, emotional, or psychological health for the last two years, including but not limited to receipts, explanation of benefit statements, statements or documents of any kind, and or the medication containers themselves. Her response, not applicable. Father number three has not been seen by a physician in the last two years. Number 12, please provide any and all documents concerning evidence of counseling received by you, including but not limited to counseling with respect to substance abuse, anger management, domestic violence, psychiatrist, general mental health counseling, etc. in the last two years. She provided an exhibit. Number 13, a photocopy of your current driver's license, car registration, and valid car insurance. Number 14, a photocopy of father number three's current driver's license, car registration, and valid car insurance. She provided exhibits for both of these. Number 15, a certified copy of your driving record from the state. Her response, objection to the extent that this is an undue cost of burden and easily obtainable by the petitioner. Number 16, a certified copy of father number three's driving record from the state. Her response, objection to the extent that it is an undue cost of burden and easily obtainable by the petitioner. Number 17, a copy of the child's school enrollment form for any school slash daycare in the last two years. She provided an exhibit for this. 18, a copy of the child's progress report 
slash report cards for the last two years. She provided exhibits for this as well. 19. A copy of the child's enrollment forms for any activity outside of school for the last two years. Again, she provided it. 20. The curriculum vitae of any expert witness you intend to call at any hearing regarding custody. She wrote, not applicable. 21. Any report provided by any expert witness you intend to call at any hearing regarding custody. She wrote, not applicable. 22. A copy of all communication between you and any third party about the child in the last 12 months. Her response, objection, too broad of request. 23. A copy of any and all video slash audio recordings of the child in your possession for the last 12 months. Her response, objection, too broad of request. 24. Any evidence you have that supports your position that fathers should not have shared placement of the child. Her response, which to this day is still laughable. Father has not been in child's life since her birth. <laughs> Sorry. 25. Full copies of all of your social media accounts, including but not limited to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, etc. She listed both her Facebook and Instagram account names and moved on. 26. Copies of any and all documents you intend to introduce into evidence or otherwise rely on at the hearing in the above reference matter. She sent a few exhibits. Nothing to talk about. 27. A list of all witnesses you intend to call to testify at the custody trial. I won't list names, just titles. So she wrote, previous daycare provider, father number three, who is listed as future stepfather on a paper, her mother, a friend as a character witness, another friend as a character witness, and father number three's mother. She also filed a motion that we received for a child interview. Why she would do that is beyond me. If she had any sense, she wouldn't have filed this at all, but she was desperate. This is what she wrote as her alleged facts. We are set for trial on January 14th, 2020. The child involved would like to be heard in the matter. She specifically asked to speak with the judge so that she can have a say in her future. Before we get to the motion though, I just want to comment on her objections. What? Who was advising her? Didn't she know this wasn't optional? Undue cost of burden? Where? Just to break down the cost of what we asked for. The cost of a driving record is $25. And the cost of a criminal record is $65. She received $600 a month in support. And you mean to tell me she couldn't afford it? Come on. So since she didn't want to give it to us, like we asked, we filed a motion to compel so that the judge would make her give us the information. The following are the details of that motion. One, pending before the court is the custody matter, which are scheduled before the honorable judge on January 14th, 2020. Two, on November 22nd, 2019, counsel for father sent the request for production to mother through her counsel. See attached exhibit A. Mother provided her response and signed her affidavit of response, December 20th, 2019. See attached exhibit B. Despite the affidavit date, this response was not mailed to counsel until December 23rd, 2019, thereby causing delay in receipt and therefore this motion. 
See attached exhibit C. Mother neglected to provide several items which are easily within her ability to provide. A. Mother objected to a certified criminal history as it is an undue cost of burden. A certified criminal history is $52 and easily attainable by the mother. As father believes, mother does have a criminal history. Even recently, a DUI in 2018, it is imperative this is provided. B. Mother had the same objection to providing her living boyfriend's criminal history. It is believed father number three was slash is a heroin user and his criminal history is relevant in this case. Mother and father number three regularly tell the child while on FaceTime with father that father number three is the child's actual father and he is in her daily life and has raised her. Due to his daily interactions with this child, receipt and review of his criminal history is imperative. C. Mother replied, not applicable to a request for any mental health treatment or substance abuse treatment for father number three in the last two years. It is believed that father number three is in a methadone program, so the response is not truthful. Again, as father number three is in the child's daily life, his possible drug addiction and or treatment is extremely relevant and should be provided. D. Mother refused to supply her medical treatment records and medications for the last two years. Mother's response was that she would provide a list of medical providers and assign authorization upon receipt from the petitioner. The trial is approximately two weeks away and mother has refused to allow counsel to have any email or phone contact with her, but rather demands written communication. At minimum, mother needs to provide a list of all medications, times when they were prescribed, and dosage amounts prior to trial. E. Mother refused to provide a certified copy of her driving record as an undue cost of burden, and that it is easily attainable by the petitioner. A certified copy is $25 and is not easily attainable by the petitioner. Given mother's recent DUI history, a certified transcript is imperative before trial. Mother has the same objection to providing father number three certified driving record. Again, as previously stated, father number three is in the child's daily life and is believed to regularly drive the child in a vehicle. Counsel cannot easily obtain this information and asserts that it is imperative to receive prior to trial. As stated above, counsel has no way to correspond with mother other than time-consuming written mail. As a result, this motion must be filed as a priority motion and no follow-up with the mother will be taken due to time constraints. Father files this motion to compel in accordance with Family Court Civil Procedure Rule 37A-2. Lastly, in accordance with Family Court Civil Procedure Rule 37A-4, counsel for father also seeks an award of attorney's fees associated with this filing. As you can see, we didn't come to play any games with her. I can only imagine how paranoid she had to be during that time. She was being outclassed. Not that it was hard, but she had to be feeling the pressure. In response to her motion for the child interview, we sent the following. Petitioner, by and through his undersigned counsel, hereby responds to the mother's motion to have the child interview as followed. Number one, denied. This child is entirely too young to be interviewed by the court. Furthermore, the child has been solely in the mother's care and control to the point it is highly unlikely the court would obtain the child's true feelings without mother's coercion and or influence. Number two, father vehemently opposes putting this young child through an interview with the court. Wherefore, for the reasons stated above, 
the father respectfully requests that the court deny the motion. All that motion did was let us know that she was desperate and grasping for straws. The heat was on and we only kept turning it up. In addition to her social media posts, the plethora of text messages, FaceTime videos, and an itemized list of purchases and payments, as well as statements made by the child, we also supplied a witness list for testimony. My list consisted of my girlfriend, my sister, my mother, and none other than father number three. Since he wanted to be a part of this, we were going to put him on the stand and grill him. No one was being spared. This was my time to fight, and I was pulling out all the stops. On January 6th, 2020, we received the judge's response to all of the motions filed by both the mother and I. The judge granted our motion to compel and required the mother produce all documents requested. She also ruled that she would decide if the mother would have to pay the $300 fee associated with the motion to compel on our court date. When it came to the mother's motion for the child interview, well, things were a little different. That motion was denied and she left the following notes. In addition, the court is extremely concerned that this six-year-old child is aware of the pending proceedings. Finally, the tables were starting to turn. The trial was approximately nine days away. And the only question I had was, would the judge keep that same energy when it counted? I could only hope so. One thing was for sure though, we had the mother squirming. She had to be nervous. The heat was on and it was time for us to meet again in court. This is Destination Unknown, from No Dad to Girl Dad, Episode 10, The Showdown, Part 1. The reckoning was upon us. After waiting for what felt like an eternity and going through what I can only describe as hell with the mother, I was finally going to have my day in court. Finally, I would be free from the chains of the visitation center and its Orwellian ways. I was so confident, I told everyone at the center the Friday before they would never see me again. The night before and the morning of, I was filled with nervous energy. I kept playing the outcome in my head. I knew she would have the opportunity to cross-examine me and all of my witnesses. My only question was, what would she ask? She had absolutely nothing on anyone from my side. I, on the other hand, couldn't wait. I wanted to embarrass her and father number three. I wanted his mother to see what she did, unknowingly or not, to assist the mother in her scheme of parental alienation. That morning, my mother, my sister, my girlfriend, and myself met up to drive to the courthouse. Since first impressions are everything, we were all dressed in our Sunday's best. I wear a suit every day to work, so I had my outfit for this day picked out for weeks. I decided to wear my ash blue colored tailor suit with a white shirt and a solid blue tie of that same color to match that I tied in a double Windsor knot with the tie clip for effect. I had on cognac colored wingtip Kohans with the matching color belt. And for this occasion, I ditched the Apple watch for something classier. When we arrived, the courthouse parking lot was packed. My lawyer wanted us to arrive at 8.30 and it was a good thing we left at eight 
because we had to park three blocks from the courthouse. The parking garage was already full. We walked in and went to the waiting area outside of our scheduled courtroom. We were there for about five minutes when my lawyer arrived. We talked strategy, and she let me know she had everything we needed set up in the courtroom, video and audio-wise, so I could play my FaceTime calls. She told us there was a Dunkin' Donuts on the first level, and since we had time, I volunteered to go for my mom, girlfriend, and sister. I get their orders and head for the elevators. I press the button to go down, and after about 10 seconds, the doors to the elevator on my right open. Standing there, inside the elevator, going to the same floor I was going to, was none other than the mother, father number three, and his mother. That door stayed open for what felt like forever. Father number three steps forward and sticks his hand out to shake mine. I shook my head, nah, and told him to his face I didn't like him and we would never be friends. I turned around and walked back to my family to tell them what happened. By the time the mother came up, it was showtime. She arrived, flanked by her mother, father number three, his mother, and another lady who walked with the cane. I guess all of her witness friends decided not to show because she was missing at least three people off the list. Father number three's mother looked at us in complete disbelief. I don't know what the mother told her, but her face said it all. She was looking at us like, this is not what I was expecting, based off of what I've been told. She was especially shocked when it came to me. She kept looking me up and down like she couldn't believe it. I guess she was looking for a deadbeat thug who looked and dressed like a deadbeat thug. Needless to say, I shattered those expectations. The bailiff comes out and it's explained that the mother, my counsel and I, will go have a brief conversation with the judge, go over some things, and when it's time for the trial, everyone will be escorted in. We walk in, and my lawyer and I take the table on the right, while the mother takes the table on the left. She is carrying this folder of evidence that should have been submitted days ago, and at this point, is inadmissible. My lawyer and I decided we were going to ask the judge to rule as such, and not allow the mother to present any evidence we didn't have prior to that day. Spoiler alert, it was granted, and the mother was livid. Before the judge came out of her chambers, my lawyer asked the mother if she had any idea what was about to happen. Of course, Dum Dum had no clue. So my lawyer made it clear that for the next six hours, we were going to destroy her. She didn't use those words exactly, but that's the gist of it. She said, so I'm going to do you a favor. When the judge comes out, I'm going to have her give you an idea of how she's going to rule based on everything she knows so far. Then I will ask for some time for us to talk and possibly come to an agreement on our own. I will tell you why we decided to go this route. One, I will be in control of laying out the details of visitation because we could just bully her. Two, if the judge made a decision, we would be locked into whatever that was for two years. If we decided on our own, we could revisit this again in six months, ask for more time with the child and basically speed up the process. It gave us more creative control, so to speak. So the judge comes out, introduces herself, and starts the proceeding. My lawyer moved to have any evidence the mother brought dismissed, and that was granted. Then she asked the judge if she could go over both the criminal records of the mother and father number three, since the mother didn't provide them like she was ordered to. The judge read off the mother's information 
which included the DUI and her probation terms. And then it was on to father number three. When I say this dude was the scum of the earth, I mean it. He had everything from possession of a controlled substance, heroin, to possession of a deadly weapon. He even had a charge for assault and robbery of an elderly woman. Really? This joker was out here robbing grandmamas, though. I mean, his criminal record was as long as the Constitution. So much so that after the judge read it, she said to the mother that she was extremely concerned that the mother would have a six-year-old child living with someone like him. She then moved on to our driving records, and I became the star of that show. From the ages of 20 to 25, I had more speeding tickets and suspended licenses than the average person, and the judge asked me to speak to it. And I told her straight up, I was young and dumb. I had a BMW and a license, and every time I got behind the wheel, I felt like I was in NASCAR. The mother seized the opportunity and asked to see my driver's license. The judge asked me to provide it, and I did, and that was that. My driving record was the least of her worries. My lawyer then asked the judge to explain how she planned on ruling if she had to make a decision right now. She explained that the mother didn't understand, and we wanted to give her an idea of where your honor stood before hearing testimony. The judge explained that right now, I was going to leave the court hearing with some form of progressive custody. It would most likely be four hours every Saturday for three months, then six hours for three months, eight for three months, and then a Saturday overnight every other week with the Wednesday dinner every week for three months until we reached every other Friday through Sunday. She also said she was ordering the mother and I to attend co-parenting counseling to work out our differences so that we can do what was best for the child. That's most likely what it would be. I turned to my lawyer and whispered, nah. That's whack. That's too long and drawn out. The mother looked shocked. She was realizing what was happening. You could see her weighing her options. Get dragged and embarrassed for six hours. Or settle and avoid having to explain all the lies. She chose the latter. The judge let us know. She would let us talk off the record and retire to her chambers. The bailiff would come out in an hour to see where we stood and we would go from there. The next hour and a half were filled with lies and tears from the mother, which only prolonged negotiations. She started off with her sob story of how I left her when she was 20 and pregnant by herself to raise a child. When I refuted that claim and said I didn't know about the child at all, she said she did everything from going to my job at the time, which I had left for a promotion, to even reaching out to my mother on Facebook. Another lie. She then said my brother, who lived in Virginia, by the way, knew because he would send my daughter cards and gifts on Christmas and her birthday. The problem with that statement was she chose the wrong brother to lie on. Not that my other brother would do anything like that either, but the brother she chose, and I'm going to put it lightly here, wasn't close to being that type of person. Put it like this. For Mother's Day and my mother's birthday, we had to sign his name every year. That's all I'm going to say before I get myself in any more trouble. Then came the biggest lie of all. This girl had the nerve to tell my lawyer that I was engaged to another woman that was not my girlfriend, and she had proof. The kicker is, my lawyer was looking at me funny like I told her a lie. She talked about how she struggled and that she has always wanted me in the child's life and so on and so forth, and she is doing this all while crying. 
I called her a liar and moved back to the business at hand. I laid out exactly what I wanted, and we pushed the revisiting it in six months angle, just for good measure. She agreed, and then it was on to the matter of co-parenting. Again, more tears. Then she said, I can only go if he pays because I don't have insurance and can't afford it. I only have $5.63 to my name, so that wouldn't be possible. I objected and said I refused to pay for anything concerning her. So she decided she wanted to take this matter to the judge. She really thought she had a friend in there. We worked out the details of pickup and drop off, holidays and vacations, along with some other stuff, and let the bailiff know we were ready. When the judge came out, we presented her with the deal and asked that she rule on whether or not I had to pay for the mother and I to attend co-parenting counseling. Man, she shot that down faster than an unauthorized plane flying over the White House. She was nuts if she thought I was paying for her. We wrapped up the proceeding, and we were told to wait in the lobby while the order was drawn up. While we were gathering our stuff, my lawyer told me that since we won, we should put our differences aside and introduce everyone to each other. I didn't want to do this, but I agreed anyway. When we walked out to let everyone know what happened, two things happened. One, my lawyer tells my girlfriend I had some explaining to do. She really believed what the mother said in there. So, I added her to my list of people I was set out to prove wrong. Then, father number three walks up to me and says that he's been telling the mother to let me see her for months and that he would never get in the way of a father and his child. He also said he was happy for it to be over and glad that I won. In reality, he was just happy he didn't get dragged on the stand. After that, while I was talking to my family, Father Number Three's mother walks up to us, shakes everyone's hand, and said that she looked forward to seeing us again and that she was happy with the outcome. Then she left. She left without saying a word to the mother or anyone that was with her. She was probably furious, and everyone could tell. She realized she had been set up and lied to by the mother. Finally, the order came out. These were the terms I negotiated. It is hereby ordered this 14th day of January 2020 as followed. Effective Saturday, January 18th, 2020, father shall have four hours of unsupervised contact with the child from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Father will pick up and drop off at mother's home. These hours may be modified by a mutual agreement of the parties giving father's visitation is four hours. Effective February 15th, 2020, father shall have six hours of unsupervised contact with the child from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Father will pick up and drop off the child from mother's home. These hours may be modified by mutual agreement of the parties, giving father's visitation is six hours. Effective March 14th, 2020, father shall have eight hours of unsupervised contact with the child from 10 a.m to 6 p.m. Father will pick up and drop off the child from mother's home. These hours may be modified by mutual agreement of parties. Giving father's visitation is eight hours. Father shall notify mother of expected location for day visits. Effective April 11th, 2020 and April 12th, 2020. Father shall have overnight visitation with the child from 10 a.m. on Saturday until 10 a.m. on Sunday. Father will pick up and drop off child from mother's home. Effective May 8th, 2020. Father shall have every other weekend placement with the child 
from Friday at 7 p.m., pick up from Mother's home, until Sunday at 11.50 a.m., drop off to Mother at Journey Church. Now, she negotiated this and said that she attends church every Sunday. We'll see about that. Effective Wednesday, May 13th, 2020, and every Wednesday thereafter, Father shall pick up the child from aftercare and drop them off to the mother's home at 7.30. Father shall be permitted to attend the child's school activities, outside activities, and medical appointments. Father shall pay the copay for the party's co-parenting counseling through Christiana Counseling. If either party believes the child should attend outside counseling other than school counseling, he or she may explore this option by mutual agreement. Unless the parties agree otherwise, the following standard guidelines apply. Holidays. Father shall have the child on the holidays in column one, in odd number years, and holidays in column two, in even number years. Mother shall have the child on the holidays in column number one, in even number years, and the holidays in column two, in odd number years. So for me, that meant I would have column number two this year, which included Memorial Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Christmas. Finally, finally, Christmas. I won round one, but it was bittersweet. Bitter because of what I had to endure to get there. Sweet because I went out on my terms and I was finally gonna have time with my daughter the way I wanted to. Things were looking up and I was finally happy with the outcome. What I didn't know is this victory would be short-lived and things with the mother we're going to get a lot worse. Destination Unknown is written and recorded by me. Music also by me. Follow me on Instagram at destinationunknown.podcast for updates. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss a show. <laughs>